Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. That's right. You invest a few minutes of your time and you'll get a return on investment that saves you weeks, months, even years by learning from others who are successes in production agriculture. And they also have failed and they're not afraid to tell you about both things and you can learn from that. So it's the Cutting the Curve podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason. Got a great topic for you today with two great guests. The topic is data maximization for your farming operation. You know, we're getting more and more of this thing where there's data everywhere and we're collecting all this data, but what do you do with it? You use it. Use it to make decisions to manage your farm for maximum yields and efficiency of resources. With me are Lane and Matt Miles. They are father and son combination. The one that looks younger, if you have me watching, is the son, of course. The one that looks like an older guy, well, that's the dad. He's Matt Miles of Miles Farms in Arkansas. Lane is the son. They are very, very good at utilization of data, and they're going to tell you all the things they've learned. They're going to give you a little backstory about that, and that's what this episode's all about, and it's going to make you money. So anyway, Matt and Lane, welcome to uh, the Cutting the Curve podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So real quickly, before we started taping, Matt said something interesting. He said, you know, I wasn't really a big believer in harnessing all this data because I know stuff. I've been farming my whole life. Kind of give me that backstory and then how it folded in when Matt or when uh, when Lane came back involved. Yeah, well, you know, as, as before Lane coming to the operation, we were we were basically running a yield monitor uh, when it worked. And uh, we had started doing some variable rate technology with our uh, grid samples and doing some variable rate, you know, applications of fertilized. That was probably the extent of, of uh, our data management. I, I remember going to a deer meeting and they said, you know, this new, these new, this new technology in these deer tractors, uh, they're going to be able to text you when, when something goes wrong. And I'm like, the last thing I want to do is get a text on my phone from my tractor. You know, I, I told I told the CEO when we left, I said, this is not something I'll ever, uh, ever partake in. It's just not something I'm going to be interested in. How many hours of tractor idled? And we got a story for that, too, before we before we quit the podcast of, uh, you know, how we how we've been able to use that with an employee and, and find out, you know, really what's going on in the field when we're not in the field all the time. We're large farmers and we have a lot of different things going on, trucking companies. So we're not on the equipment all the time probably not near as much as we want to be. So, uh, you know, there's some different ideas there, but when, when Lane start, started trying to introduce this data data to, to, to me, you know, I'm like, I just don't, I just don't see it. I, I, you know, I just don't see where it's going to make us money. And he's got a story. And, and, and my saying is now, if, if the, if the yield monitor broke down on the combine or the recorder broke down on the tractor when we're planning, I didn't care. Break down, keep cutting, 
you know, we're going to get acres per hour. We're not worried about what data goes through that, through that machine. Today, if the, uh, if the yield monitor breaks down or the recorder stops on the tractor, we stop till we get it fixed. And, and, and I'll be the first to admit, you know, it, it's made a difference in our operation. You can't put a cost per acre to it or a ROI per acre to it. But when you look at the whole full circle and, and what Lane's doing now, um, just from his cell phone, he could be, he could be in, a, in the Bahamas and he can tell me everything I need to know about every field we have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime I ask. Uh, even past history, even, you know, future plans through uh, one of our computer programs we run. So, you know, our, our uh, bookkeeping program. So it, it's definitely something that's opened this old man's eyes, I can promise you. Well, okay. And speaking of old man's eyes, uh, Lane, by the way, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You're not the old man. And I really, most importantly, the viewers and listeners, thank you for your contribution because you're going to bring them up uh, full speed here and educate them a lot in just a few minutes of time. Uh, real quickly, Miles Farms, about 10,000 acres of, uh, was it cotton, corn, soybeans, anything else? Rice. Uh, and rice. And you are in the uh, eastern part of Arkansas, yes? Yes. You're a 52-year-old, uh, uh, Mr. Miles, and your son, Lane. Lane, how old are you? 26. Tell me about coming back to, uh, okay, he, he gave you some nice compliments about what you've brought in, and it was at your urging. Tell us from your perspective. So there you are. You get out of high school. What happens next? Uh, I, out of high school, I went to a, a fairly local college, you know, about 30 miles from here. So uh, I moved over there for a semester, and I tried the, the college life a little bit and trying to work in between and and enjoyed working more than I enjoyed a college life. Uh, anyway, so ended up moving back the next semester and, and commuting from, from here at McGee and working full-time on the farm. So, so, so I, tell I, me, so you're 19, 18, 19 years old and you're full-time farm. You still took some classes or you were just full-time decided to be, no, uh, I was, I was taking, I was a full-time student and, and anytime I wasn't in, in class, I was, I was here. So when did you, when did you, uh, when, when then what happened from there? And then when did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm full boat in on this? Uh, I started farming myself, uh, which I say myself with, with dad in 2016. And, uh, but I, I was still going to school. So trying to full-time farm, go to school, taking, you know, 16 to 18 hours, 19 hours a semester getting done as fast as I could. I, I, I finished in three and a half years. Good deal. Uh, should have finished in three, but when I went my last year is when I started farming. So I had to slow down just a little bit. All right. So you're starting to be involved. And then you said to your dad, at what point I was talking about data. Uh, well, we, we, we were peddling around in little of it before I dug deep in it. And our consultant, uh, Rob Dedman, you know, was, was basically taking that role. And the more I was a part of the farm, the more he was kind of showing me, you know, what to do and, and how to do it. And now we, we pretty much, we tag team it together. Uh, but the more he showed me, the more I really kind of fell in love with it. It's gives, gives me a little bit of a niche that's kind of mine. And that, you know, I'm able to teach some of our guys, how to do some of it. And they're really receptive 
Uh, I've got one guy that can probably do it as good or better than I can as far, can as, far as in the tractor cab. Uh, yeah, so I got to tell you, I kind of agree with your dad. Uh, we're the almost the exact same age, first off. But secondly, I would have been of the opinion, you know what, tick-tock, we're up against the clock here. Uh, so what? The yield monitor's broken. So what? The recorder on the tractor's broken. You know, is the engine still going? Keep that thing. Is the rotor still going? Can you still can you still offload the crop into a, a hopper wagon? Get that thing going because I would say time is of the essence. But you guys made a point that something that you now realize collecting data, the machines that do that, the technology that does that is just as important as the, the auger, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, so tell us what you use and how you use it. And then I know you've got some slides you'd like to share. So by the way, dear listener, if you are only a listener and not a viewer, you should be a viewer because here at Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, we give you visuals that you can see so you can actually understand it from a visual standpoint. Remember, uh, 40% of us are auditory, 40% of oh, are learners of, uh, of viewing, I think it is, visual learners. So anyway, uh, for you, 40%. He's got some slides he's going to show, but tell us about your technology, what you use, uh, how you got going on it, you know, et cetera. Yeah, I'll share my screen and and I'll, I'll walk us through it too, as far as, uh, uh, you know, people that are just listening. All right, so, uh, you know, here is, is just a, a, a yield map. And this is where really where, we basically hooked dad, you know, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it was uh, in this field, you know, right up in here, you know, we're fur irrigated. So and they're old catfish ponds. These are old <clears throat> catfish production ponds that have been, have been converted to row crops. So they're already at a lower elevation than, than the majority of the farm. Right, right. And we, you know, being fur irrigated, so this is our top end of the field, and our field falls, you know, to, from the green to the red, basically. And so for the person that's listening and not viewing, we're looking at two, two squares here like you might see on an aerial satellite map of any farming operation. As they just explained, these were once, what's a catfish pond? Six or eight foot deep, and, and now it's been converted back into the cropland production. And there's color coding. And then this is from John Deere's technology, right? Can you talk about this product? That's right. That's right. This is, this is John Deere's operation center. And that's uh, a hub. That's a hub of our, of our yield data information fertility information applications. It starts with the John Deere Operations Center. And then from there, we have additional programs that piggyback to this. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, this is kind of where, this is where everything starts. Uh, so, so this is, you know, like, like you said, this is a, a yield map, you know, anybody that uses yield maps or, or has seen a yield map, you know, green is good, yellow is medium and red is really bad. Uh, so at the top end of these fields, you know, we water, we water towards, towards the, what we call the lower end. And we were getting these ponding areas where, where the water was holding up, couldn't get out of our field fast enough. And we were losing about 10, probably 10 or 15%, not losing a crop, but getting lower yields. And, and in this, in, in these two illustrations, you know, from about two thirds of the field down, uh, you know, the color starts changing. Well, you know, we, we show dad, you know, dad, this is, this is a yield map and this is what's happening. You know, he, he's, he's known his whole life. He's been, he, he had been farming these fields for how many years? Since I was a kid. Yeah. So he, he knows everywhere the water held up, everywhere that needed a pipe. Well, he looks at these maps and figures up the, the acres that he lost and, or the acres that we lost yield on. And he's like, man, I can afford to put this many pipes in 
in the lower end of this field and drain these drain this water off. Well, and and, and to add to that, it, it was and this is where the the data is really good. Is you it wasn't visual. You couldn't see that the beans were really hurting that bad down there. So as an old timer, you know, I drive by the field the lower end. I personally irrigate these fields myself at this point, and uh, you know the, the beans look fine. Yeah. But then you know we'd cut the field, and the field would uh, would cut 75, 80 bushel. Well, that that's good, right? Well, once we started implementing these yield maps, I'm saying okay, it's cutting 80 bushels at the top and 25 bushels at the bottom, even though I couldn't see that without a yield monitor, you know. Yeah, so what you're really pointing out is, you know, it's the old thing of uh, farm guys like to drive around and look at their crops. That's all fine. We would sometimes go out and walk around. You might even do a, a pod count. You might even say, yeah, yeah, play a pods down here in this little area. Right. We thought it laid wet. Heck, these ponds, these, these beans look fine. But by analyzing the data, it's pretty simple then. And a lot of folks are probably doing this, right? There's already folks now that are probably doing this where they're like, yep, we did 80 bushel beans at the top end of this field and over here. There's four of these acres where, you know, one fourth of that, one third of that. And then, so now you're making different decisions. Tell me about applying that data at length. Well, you know, being able to apply this data, you know, we were able to, to you know, look at these fields, decide we need pipes. And, and we've turned, turned a field that looked like, say, this bottom one here, that's that's two thirds. And we've, we fixed it even even more so in some other ones. But this top one, you know, is, is we've cut that, that, that half down to, to 25 percent you know or even more than that in in other maps and other areas uh so and, your, your application of data here was for a long-term improvement of changing drainage and irrigation practices right that's correct that's correct irrigate irrigate catch a rain get water off keep beans dry okay you so that's data application from looking at moisture you probably got tons more of this on more more even you know in uh more, 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 uh, you know, deep stuff than this, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and kind of for my, my next illustration, as far as getting, getting dad hooked, you know, and, and we talked about, about not having yield maps, you know, if yield map goes down, we're going to keep cutting. Well, if we would have had a yield map like this in, in those ponds and, and people that, that are, that are listening, you know, this is, this is a field that, Half of it's it's is mapped off, and half of it is got strips in it, and it's from from you know a yield monitor going down or or a combine that's coming in and cutting that you know that somebody come help us and and it didn't have one in it, uh, and you lose you lose we lost fifty percent of of data here on on this field, and you know we won't you know we never get that back, so. Being able to call and say, Dad will say, hey, what did, what did this field yield? Well, well, this is what the field yielded, but we didn't get all the field. This is just what part of it yielded. Or where was that problem in, in that lower corner? Well, we really don't know what the yield was in that lower corner because we don't have it. Uh, we've got an average across the whole field from farm tickets, but we don't have the, the data points to show it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. All right, so this is a John Deere Operations Center where it's yield stuff, and then, and then you now – Mostly so far, Lane, you've just taken this and applied it to, like I said, to water management. You mm -hmm. got some examples coming up, I assume, where it's about nutrient nutrients. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do. Oh. And then here's the question. That taught you, these ones about the water taught you uh, what to do with water management, and that's always important. And then the one you just showed me here taught you to not 
go too many years without the data because then you're just farming blind, right? I mean, you still can do the drive-bys. You can be like your old man that's still get out there and say, oh, beans look fine to me. But you're farming, you're, you're, you're taking one tool that you should have out of your toolbox. That's right. That's right. Losing data points. Uh, and, and to give you a, an example of how much we, we do record, this is, a, this is just 2021 on what we've recorded on this field boundary this year. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking here at different things you've recorded. It looks to me like there's over a dozen things about uh, what the spraying, about a foliar application. Go ahead, tell me about the rest of it. Foliars, you know, potash applications, uh, test plots that we have out. Uh, what we're you know spots that we're doing doing uh, you know for we think we're going to have an NCGA spot that we put a, a foliar on or you know, outside of the plot to where we, you know, we don't have a foliar, uh, you know, to be able to test those products. Uh, you know, dad was talking earlier about uh, uh, variable rate potash. And I, that one actually was a, what, and that's a good example too. That one's a, a flat rate potash where we've taken some of these variable rate technologies and putting it in spots in fields We've gotten our fields to where they're a lot more uniform. So they, you know, this field in particular was able to take a whole flat rate of one of one rate on, on the whole field. We built all of our soils up to be to be the same the same across the field. Yeah, that that's something that you know, same thing when you talk about technology, <clears throat> grid samples or uh, or zone samples or whatever. You know, where where what is this? Where how does this help you? Other than putting the fertilizer in the right spot. What it eventually does is get you on the same level playing field across the across there, so that other than a little bit of difference in the soil type, uh, you know, you, you can get these fields where the potash levels. We're just using potash as an example, it, where it was lower in spots and higher in spots. Now we've got it even. Yeah, yeah. So it's a more even distribution of uh, of of what you're, and also then it, it's almost like the acres aren't so disparate from one to the other, other than soil type. Like so. That's right. Now it took about six years to get it that way. Okay, so that's the next question. So for the person that's listening or watching this or saying, well, you know, I, I have a yield monitor in my combine. Maybe I'm not doing everything. Tell us what you're doing that maybe other folks aren't that they should be. Oh, well, one of the things we've started doing in the last, I would say, two years really well, probably three years fairly well, uh, in, in still inside operations center. A lot of what we do is inside operations center because that is the hub where it all starts. Um, and in inside here, this is our uh, variety trials. You know, these every different color here, and what we're looking at it, you know, basically is a rainbow of color strips that are eight row strips. We run eight row corn heads, and this is a corn variety trial. Along with that, I saved in this is a 195 acre field. Uh, I saved some of our smaller varieties that we that we were wanting to test in in bigger but smaller acreages. That makes sense, like twenty five to forty acre, you know, amount of seeds. And I've I've got one, two, three, four of those, and then I've got like twenty five small strip trials in this one field. This is basically our our entire variety trial for our our farm in this one field okay and i'm able to record that watch that see that and recording this planning you know dad asked me before you know 
what's what's the why why record the planting? Why why not just plant seeds? We know where they're at. We you know we keep up with that. And now today he uh, he'll ask me he'll say, all right Lane, what was planted here? What was planted there? Where did we swap this variety out? Sure. And in our strip trials about three years ago, when we really started recording some of this, uh, we, we got to cutting. Well, we, re we realized in the middle of it that on paper, we were, we were one variety ahead of where we should have been. And we went back on our, on our operation center where we recorded and realized that we're actually in a different variety than we thought we were to begin with. Changed the whole, the whole perspective of the strip trial just by by the paper being wrong and the, and the tractor being right. So instead of the, the one we thought would have won it or we, we were looking at that was gonna win it was, was not even close to the one that won it. So we were able to recognize some varieties that way simply because it was in a computer eye. Yeah, what I like also is, you know, even in the old days growing up, be like, well, I tried this variety. I put it over there on the Miller farm, you know, and put 80 acres on the Miller farm, but you know, it didn't do as good as it's not very scientific. I mean, sure, you tried a different variety. You tried a different seed chemical company, whatever the hell it is, you know, on a different place. But what you're doing here is yours is much more methodical. It's saying in this, he says 195 acres, with it looks to me like about well, at least a dozen different things that are going on there. And you're saying, here's exactly this, here's exactly that. And then my question is, what do you do with this? Now, next year you say, we know exactly which seed corn company performed which variety yep. of which seed corn company performed and we're going to next year make our purchasing decisions based on that is that what i'm hearing and add to that we can actually take the climate program that we that we work with operation center with you know because the jones farm as you said may be clay and the next farm you put a different variety on may be you know silt loam so it's traditionally going to yield better in the silt loam no matter what variety you put there so we can actually now go in and circle in a field different soil types or Lane can key in different soil types and it will actually give you the yield per yield per acre per soil type per variety. Are you are you to the point with your data that you are even in, let's just say you got a, an 80 or a 120 or just whatever size field 160 you don't know. Are you to the point where okay 40% of that field is, uh, it, it breaks off going toward the, the river over there and it's got uh, sand in the top soil horizon. And then over here has got a different soil, uh, you know, in that higher ground. Are you planting two different varieties in that field based on data? You know, if, if they're running the same way as the direction of our roads, because we're furrow irrigated, we will. <clears throat> but as far as if it's at the lower end of the field, the upper end of the field, we can't change varieties in the middle of the paths that we're making. Right. So that, the answer to that would be yes and no. If, if we can, if we, if it's just say the north half of the field, roads running east and west, north half sand, south half is clay. Yes. Based on the data that we're getting previous data, if we know that, that this variety is super good in, in what we'll normally do in that situation is plant a variety that's good for either soil type. Right, right, right. Data we've had, but there's times when it's such a drastic difference It'll go from black ground to uh, to sand, and, and the map he showed you earlier that had a field, you know, where the map wasn't finished. That field's actually good silt loam, a bare soils, and then it goes straight to black clay. Mm -hmm. And so there's two separate varieties uh, in that field. Exactly what you're saying, because that that when you get to that clay ground, there's very few varieties that work well, you know, that will work the same in the sand. 
keep showing me some stuff here, Lane, because I, I think it's important part is about decisions, right? I mean, unless you've got another couple of technologies that you want to share with the listener, I think now it's a matter of, do you have some other data technology you want to show us? Uh, yep. I've got one that we've used that, that we used here in the last, uh, in the last week. And I got to pull that up like that. Cause it was not wanting to work with me there. So this, this is actually the area we were looking at before where he said, you know, we're, we're good silt loam here. And we went, dropped into, to heavy buckshot or black ground. And then this field here kind of, kind of does the same thing. It's got some, some black ground in it and, and some sand. Now tell him what this is. This is an aerial NDVI imagery of bio, plant biomass taken from a satellite. That's right. And are we using, talking, are we talking about looking at organic matter differences here, or are we talking about looking at uh, vegetation? Biomass of the plant, vegetation of the plant. Yep. Uh, and you remember the floods we talked about in a previous podcast, the 19 inches of rain, and he's going to – he's gonna. we were sitting in a shop trying to figure out in this field how many acres was affected by the flood, how many acres were dead, basically. So go right. ahead. And, and what we're using is, is granular, and we're using their granular insights, which is their satellite imagery, basically. Uh, and in, in this field in particular, we were talking to the shop, you know, we knew that – that this field had had flooded. We weren't sure exactly exactly how much or where we needed to stop. And we we're trying to determine what to do with the irrigation. Do we irrigate it all the way through? Do we irrigate it halfway? Do we stop? You know, you know, at what point do we stop? Well, because flying the drone over it, which we do also, you couldn't really get a handle. You get a picture just like you would from an airplane, but you couldn't really get a handle on you know, what part of it's actually graveyard dead and what part of it's still alive. That's right. And in this image, you know, you know, again, for the, for the people that are listening, uh, you know, our, our colors are dark blue, a bluish green, and then yellow. Dark blue being good, yellow being bad. And, and this, this here shows a line that there's 20% in, in the low area that, that's uh, – basically where the crop had been flooded and it, I would say no good anymore. Uh, and we're able to determine where we need to stop our irrigating, you know, through this NDVI imagery. Because you're saying there's no reason to keep putting water out there. And, and Matt, did you say that the, this data from granular, uh, granular insights, you called it, is this better than the drone overhead? Which one did you say? You said some, one of them wouldn't even allow you if you were out there looking, if you're looking at it, you knew what was a problem. Yeah, well, you know, when corn's when corn's eight foot tall, you, it's hard to get out there and look at it and and really tell what's going on. You walk up to where it's dead or where it's not, but then you don't know where you are in a field. It's like being in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. You know, you can't see land. Right. So, you know, we, flying over with a drone, yeah, there's this much. You know, we think that's seven acres or five acres or twelve or whatever. Satellite imagery. Yep. It shows. There's no guessing. It shows us there, there's 20%, 20% in the lower area and 80% in the medium or higher area. So what do you do with it? Okay, so you got this information. Now tell me what you're doing because this is recent. This is just from last week, right? And and you're saying now what? What's the, what, do you, what decision are you using this information to help this data to help you make? The decision we're using is, is, on, our, is on our irrigation, on when to, when to, where to stop the water. How far to let it go down the field? Because at what point are you wasting water, watering dead corn? Okay. 
And obviously, we're water and dead corn. We're wasting money. Yeah. Uh, and, and to show you another one well, on here. And I want to add to that. Uh, when when we started adjusting for what percentage sold we are in the markets, and and our and our guy said, well, you know, what do you what? Well, how many acres are you taking into consideration that that you lost in the flood? We can actually go to these maps and get really really close at what acres are now going to be zero and subtract that off of our total production so we know what percent sold we are we'll, we'll be able if we want to be 50 percent sold today then then we knew how much to go back and take off to make that you know make those numbers work out yeah so it's an interesting thing you know you guys are dealing with it knee deep every day that uh and i'm not necessarily but uh it, yeah well i want to have half my crop sold by whatever july 4th let's just say how would you know without this imagery that you you turns out you're 65 percent sold because you know, 8% of your acres or something like this were just absolutely, like you said, dead corn. So this is granular insights. You learned with John Deere Operations Center. You've used one for water decisions. You've won for um, selling decisions. Uh, fertility, I guess, is the next one. Uh, yep, which we kind of talked about that, you know, on our, on our with the variable rate. Yep. Uh, Obviously, and I'm sorry, we also talked about varieties, varieties and brands of, uh, of seed. So, uh, what are you showing me here? That, that this, it was another NDVI on, on, you know, where do, where do we terminate on this field? And and in this field, actually, the the dark green here, which is ninety percent, is all dead corn, and that ten percent is what's standing, you know, what's still alive. So this field was pretty much terminated. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it was it was it's it's no good now. Hey, wait. We talked about data maximization for decision making. Uh, in the old days, the decision would have been to turn the cows in there and let them just go ahead and, and figure out what they can come up with. What's your decision making on that field right there? Well, to be honest with you, we're going to have a ADS drainage tile project, and it was going to be in this field. So instead of starting that in in September, we'll be able to start it in July. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm happy about that because we lost 60 acres of corn here. You know, and, 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 but, but, you know, you might, you, you don't have to wait till harvest now to go ahead and get the drainage, uh, the drainage experiment, the drainage project done. And back to the fertilize, you know, it's hard to put a number on the favorable rate fertilize. What is good about that number is it's safer for the environment. We're not putting fertilizer where it don't need to be. If it don't need to be on the lower end of the field or we're not over applying. So there's more there and it washes into the drainage systems or whatever. So it's very good on, on conservation and uh, sustainability. And then when you go to looking where it really pays off too, when you go to looking at lime application, we have to put out uh, calisthenic lime and, you know, to keep our uh, calcium magnesium ratios, you know, equal or not equal, but in, in, in the ratio they need to be. And I mean, you can save just in variable rate lime, you can, you know, it's about $35 an acre to apply a ton of lime. So if you, you got a 40 acre field and you put a ton of acre on it, that's 40 tons. You get a variable rate map done through Rob's grid sampling, which is a technology too. You may be putting 22 tons out there. So how much money does that save you, you know, just in, just in that one application? Talked about, okay, the decisions are on water and we save money there. And like we said, we did what was right by the environment. Not to mention, you said wasting water. You're watering a, a part of the field that's got dead corn. You're watering weeds, which just creates then a problem for weed man right. either at the end of this year or next year. Uh, you talked about it from a variety and a brand selection. So there's that tool. Talked about it from a standpoint of lime and fertility. 
talked about it then after there's damage. Uh, is there any other technology that's giving you data other than the two you've shown us already that you want to share with us? Well, I'm going to tell them about last week with, with employee. Mm -hmm. So we had three employees and they were all uh, putting out applications of herbicides in the field. And Lane was down south with, with I mean, at one farm with one tractor and there was two tractors down south. Well, we got a complaint from one of the operators that the other operator was sitting on the turn row a lot. You know, I don't know if he was talking to his girlfriend, if he was smoking cigarettes, or be what he was doing, but he was sitting a lot. Well, you know, we started thinking, how do we approach this? Because he's one of our top employees. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lane, go back to your, go back to your data from that day and how many, so so that data would tell you how many, how many hours the tractor idled and how many tractor, how many hours that tractor was in the field working. So we did the math. Uh, two of the tractors had like 10% idle time, 90% work time. The third tractor, believe it or not, had about 25% idle time and 75% work time. So we brought the employee in, said, hey, we weren't down there, but we were told you were sitting on the tire roll. I know I wasn't. I was working just the same as everybody else. And I threw that paper down there and I said, well, why was your tractor idling 15% more than the other two guys? He, he was speechless. He didn't know what to do. He didn't realize that we're actually tracking employees when they stop, when they quit. If you tell them to go home at eight o'clock and that tractor turns off at seven, you can set an alarm where it tells you what time it turns off. So personnel management, it, it, it's working really, really well. And, and they can't argue with that. Uh, I think you said personal management, big brother came to mind, but, uh, all right, big, <laughs> big, big brother spying. But the reality is you got 10,000 acres, you got stuff in you know, a couple of counties, you got, you got 30 employees. Uh, you can't be everywhere. And, uh, there is the component, as we all know, when the cat's away, yeah, uh, the muscle, the muscle sitting up the tractor idle and uh, tractors sitting at idle aren't going to get the job done. So that's a real good, so we talked about a bunch of different ways you're applying the data. Tell me about decisions um, that we haven't thought or talked about so far. Any decision you've made based on data? Because you've been collecting it now since Lane got, you've been really collecting it since Lane got involved in 2016. So this is your sixth season, yeah. really yeah. grabbing hold of every last bit of data. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Yeah, Rob started out with it and, and him and Lane, uh, you know, when Lane got old enough to start farming, then they really got in it together. <clears throat> Rob introduced us to uh, water moisture sensors. By the way, Rob is consultant. He's our he's our consultant, uh, Ultimate Ag, and 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 he'll be on a podcast when we talk about tissue samples. <clears throat> but uh, soil, soil consultant. Uh, yeah, crop well, he does fertility. He does insect management. You know, in the South, we have we we have we'll spray we have to spray cotton five to seven times a year for insects. We're in the north, you may or may not spray one time. So it's a totally different world down here. Hey, wait a minute, man. I gotta tell you something. Uh, all the cotton fields here in Huntington County, Indiana. Oh, wait <laughs> a minute. There, there's never been a cotton field in Huntington County, Indiana. You're right. So, yeah. all right. So Roger, crop consultant, you guys are, are teaming up on this data and you're getting ready to say, Elaine. Yeah. Well, I, what I was saying, the moisture sensors. Uh, Rob introduced us to the moisture sensors. And and what that does is basically it's, a, it's, it's, it's put in the soil and it's got a 612 and 24, 612 and uh, 18 inch depth sensor on it. So it gives you your moisture level in that soil of three different levels. And then you, you got a formula you take. So you line a pull up his phone or Rob will and say, okay, we got six days before we need to trigger an irrigation based on evaporation 
uh, plant usage. And, you know, six days we need to irrigate this field. Where before, we watered once a week, every seven days, no matter what. Now, I'm not talking about rice. We keep a flood on rice. But just take a, a typical soybean field. We watered every seven days, whether basically whether it needed or not, if there was not a rain event that came. So now we're able to say, okay, we can wait nine days or we can wait 11 days or it's drier than we think it is and we need to be there in five days. That keeps wasting water in two different ways. And that data, like you say, well, first off, it could keep you from screwing up a plant. It don't need the water, you know? Right. And so it's not even just about uh, allocation of resources. Sometimes it's about you're actually hurting yourself. You're not only wasting water and the, and the energy to pump it, you're also all that stuff. That'll do your crop. So answer me this, um, uh, you know, the person sitting here listening to this says, okay, what do I need to be doing? What's your, you know, maybe they're where Matt was five, six years ago. What do they need to know, Lane? Oh, uh, you know, it, we, you know, our first, our first big step was, was yield monitors, which that was, that was the big hurrah when it all Yeah, started. and I, don't you imagine most legitimate professional farmers now have that? I'm not being mean, but we're right. probably at the point where yield monitors are, semi-standard equipment but making sure that we're yield monitored are right making sure your combines are calibrated you know there's a lot to be said just to have a yield monitor but but actually getting a way wagon or you know even with these new these new s780s uh deer deer combines we still check our weight check them with a way wagon even though they're self-calibrating yeah uh so you know that there's 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 yield monitors and there then there's yield monitors that are right. That, that's what I was going to say. There's a bunch of difference in just having a yield monitor because when you go from 21% corn to 16% corn, you need to recalibrate. When you you know you've got to re, you got to calibrate when you start. Don't get in the combine and think it's going to be the same way it was last year because environmental changes, rust, whatever's in those load cells on the combine. Yes, everybody just about's got a yield monitor, but you would be surprised. How inaccurate they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that as a landlord, I think that they already, they know they have two settings. They have the one when the landlord's in the cab and not in the <laughs> cab. Because when that landlord right. is in the cab, the yield goes down by about 30%. So they can then beat you up on price and say, your ground sucks. Yeah, you can't. That's I can't right. There you go. All right. So answer me this. Uh, yield monitor. Second thing you did then, Lane, was? I, I'm going to say say for us you know or is in our area would be the moisture centers uh you know we feel like that we say we we save at least at a minimum of one irrigation a year on all right so people up here in my part of the world that don't really irrigate because we don't need it the the thing that they would need very accurately calibrated yield monitor probably yield well moisture sensor maybe but you're not you can't throw water on anyhow is it important right. Yeah, I haven't thought about that being dry land. I would say number one, yield monitor, of course, is for sure. Uh, you know, using it to, to be able to track any kind of tests you do, uh, absolutely variable rate fertilize. You know, there's no sense in putting double fertilizer where you don't need it. You know, so I would think that's that's really big. And and, and the grid samples or, or the zone samples to be able to know where you stand in that field. We take acre and a half to two and a half acre grids. You know, instead of four samples in a field, we'll have 35 samples in a field. Yeah. So now you're, you're, like you said, you're not over applying resources. That's good for your pocketbook. It's also good for the environment because you're not, you know, triple, triple phosphated in one part of the field and whatever. The, um, challenges. 
person saying, hey, man, I'm Matt's age. I don't know about this. Uh, there's the adaptation challenge. Is there any other challenge to uh, applying? It's a, it's a lot of record keeping, but it's all on your phone or on your computer, right? Yeah, and, and just computers in general can be a challenge as far as, as you know, like the other day, we're sitting in here and internet goes down and dad's like, ha, 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 I still got paper and pencil. Y'all ain't got nothing. Yeah, I'm know, a, I was the only one that could work in the office that day. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that uh, computers in general are, are a challenge. Whenever you've got all this information that's coming to a computer and all of a sudden they just don't want to work that day, uh, you know, that's that's a challenge in itself. Well, well my advice would be, Damon, if, if when we started, we started with Operations Center, then we automatically got Climate. Well, Climate was run off an iPad. Operations Center was run off an antique computer at that point in time. I forgot what it was called. It wasn't Operations Center. And don't try to do everything at one time. Get one thing, get really good at one thing, and then, and then move to the next thing. You know, we, we started with just straight yield monitors with a John Deere system, and we started with variable rate samples and variable rate fertility. And, and we got those, I'm not going to say mastery because we never master anything, but rather than knowing a little bit about a lot of things, know a lot about a few things, and then work, take baby steps to, 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 to increase that. You know, I, I hear a lot of stuff here, and I'm, I think, yeah, I would say implement, let's get something going, and, and we'll, we'll get better at it, but let's get it, let's take that first step, because otherwise you, you're so intimidated. I mean, that's where with me and technology, you're so damned intimidated, like, it's too much, man, it's too much. But if you start with that first thing, like you said, Matt, was a really good point. Uh, generationally, obviously Lane's been around technology. They handed him a phone when he was a little kid, you know, and, and he's got that. Is there anything you see, Lane, that you might even struggle with? Because, you know, you're saying, man, here's this new thing I don't have it figured out. Is there any new data collection thing that you're a little bit like you still are figuring out? No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm st- I still learn every day. Uh, you know, there may be something that comes out and and dad may expect me to be able to, to pick it right up. And a lot of times that's that's not the case. Uh, even, even this year we went into climate. Well, I was shoving data into climate, you know, you know, just bam, bam, bam. And, and I overloaded it, uh, in the last couple, couple weeks, you know, me and, and the guy that I've been working with, he's basically taking everything out and slowly putting it all back in. And it's just trial and error. Well, and, and, and I'll say this too. There's so many different companies coming at you at one time with the same thing. Just like Foyer, uh, just like uh, biologicals. There's 500 biological companies out there, and they're all coming to you wanting you to try their product, and you don't really know what's in any of them. You know, you're trying to figure that out. You know, start with the basic because you know how you know how quick something gets old. Yeah. Well, I mean, what data's good today may not be good in two years. So. Well, the, good news, the good news is you're collecting it and you'll have it in the history of managing farms. You know, in the old days, all you had was grandpa drove out there uh, and, and took a, you know, took a gander out the window. So you'll have the information. It's in the management or the next tool to get it. Am I right? I mean, you're never going to remember there's, there's all kinds of tech companies that ain't around anymore. You're going to have that, but you're saying, get it going, get going with one or two that you can master. Uh, any other thoughts for the person that's really uh, uh, thinking I need to get more data? Because you just shared a bunch. You just shared. A, I think that if I'm running my numbers correctly, I'm a little bit like your old man Tulane. I got a pen and paper here. I think I just saved a. I just may have saved a hundred dollars an acre or made a hundred dollars an acre based on using data to make some decisions. Am I right? Yeah. Get a good person that knows it. 
if I hire someone, if you pay them a buck an acre or whatever, that knows what they're doing, there's people out there that will, that as long as you input it into your computers, right, whether it's on a tractor or in an office, they can take that, that data and dissect it and clean it up and have something presentable for you. Uh, you know, you may have to pay to do that, but at least, at least the data that you get is worth, worth something. All right. Data Maximization for your farm with Lane and Matt Miles of Miles Farms. You're listening to the Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve podcast. Till next time. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Cutting the Curve. Could your farming operation benefit from better drainage, lower costs, and increased yields? Advanced drainage systems can help. From drainage solutions to irrigation and water recycling, at ADS, their reason is water. Water.